some of you have been on this call longer than I have as, as uh, Pastor Corey Jones started this call back in 2012. And I didn't come to this call till 2015 or so. And uh, many of you have prayed with him um, before I even joined this, this band of believers and intercessors. And because of that, um, I've prayed with many of you for a number of years. And you know that the thing that brought me to intercession, the Lord brought me to intercession because of our oldest daughter who was rebellious and had walked away from her relationship with the Lord. And um, I, I felt a huge huge burden in my heart to stand in the gap and we have a a beautiful story of of the lord bringing our prodigal home of the lord redeeming her of of a testimony of the power of intercession and love and i won't get into that today but i want to tell you um while i was on this journey to discover what intercession was i'm not too proud to tell you that i was um born and raised in the church and in full-time ministry before I even understood what intercession really was. And the Lord brought me a book suggestion. And I want want to bring this book suggestion to you. Many of you have read this book. Some of you have never heard of this book. But this morning I I was just prompted by the Spirit to just tell you that I came to this um, thing called intercession out of deep, desperate need. And some of us sort of stumble across this thing of intercession, and some of us are called out of desperateness, and um, some of us have heard, and the Lord has pricked our hearts, and we begin to press in in obedience. And I just want to say right off the bat, I believe everyone is called to hear from the Lord. Um, we are his sheep, and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice more than recognize they know the voice of the shepherd i believe that we're all called to hear his voice and respond and obey in prayer and intercession and with our lives i think secondhand information um, from preachers and pastors is wonderful but i think we're called to get firsthand information from the living voice of god as we hear the holy spirit as we hear the voice of god we obey, that's really intercession, for intercession can't come from our own agenda, but it must come from hearing the voice agreeing with what God's heart is upon a matter and then praying it out in partnership. That's, that's really intercession, standing in the gap for whatever is the Lord's heart. Now, one of the books that prompted me to begin to understand this thing called intercession was a book called Reese Howell Intercessor used to be um, required reading in many seminary students back in the day. I don't believe it is anymore, but it's still a book that absolutely changed my opinion on prayer and really helped me grow from a mighty man called Reese Intercessor, uh, or excuse me, Reese Howell Intercessor. The book is by a man called Norman Grubb, who wrote the biography on Reese Howell, who was a mighty intercessor during World War II and came out of the Welsh Revival. Um, If you haven't read that book, I strongly urge you to do that. Next to the Bible, next to the Word of God, this book has probably impacted my life more than any other book. Um, So just wanted to throw that out there today as we begin to hear from the Lord and from His Word um, upon a specific attribute that intercessors 
are called to have. As I say this, don't tune me out. (laughs) This is not one of the more exciting, pleasant things of intercession. But can I tell you that if we learn to get this right, so much will flow. So much will flow to overflowing from our lives if we get this attribute right. And here's what it is. The life of waiting upon the Lord. Some people find waiting upon the Lord one of the most distasteful parts of being in relationship with the Lord, the waiting, the waiting. How many times have you heard from someone, I'm in the waiting, I'm struggling in the waiting, I don't know what to do next, I don't know where to go, I haven't heard from the Lord, I'm waiting, and it's unbearable. Or sometimes in the waiting, we we don't have a good attitude and we sort of end up wrestling a wrestling match. Now, let me be honest with you. There are moments when we need to wrestle through. Um, Jacob is a prime example of that. Um, And we're marked by God from that wrestle. And sometimes I think we struggle and wrestle in the waiting when if we would take a different attitude, it would be much more peaceful and restful. And we would probably even get through it a little bit quicker if we would listen and learn better. Waiting is not a fun attribute. In this culture that we live in, it's actually anti-socialism. It's anti-culturalism. It's um, anti-everything because we have a microwave society. We have a right now society. If you want it, you get it. If you want delivery, you don't even have to wait three days. That's, that's too much to ask. We should have it in one or two days, right? If we want to eat and we don't want to cook, we just go down to the McDonald's drive through right? And if we have to wait a few minutes longer than necessary, that's unacceptable. Everything we want, we get, and we get it quick because waiting is not preferred in society. And can I tell you that as Christians, we have to – Blow that out of our mind. We have to push that aside because we are called to wait upon the Lord. And when we do this well, not only will we hear and know how to pray, but we will gain other things. There is much to be said about waiting upon the Lord. We sing about it. You know, we sing about it in in our songs, in old gospel songs, in hymns, in new contemporary songs, in worship and praise, we sing about waiting, but we don't preach about it. We don't talk about it because that's not fun. It's not exciting, and it certainly doesn't make people want to tune in to your next message. But as a person who hears from the Lord, my job is onefold, to hear and obey, hear and obey. And this morning, it started last week in the prayer room. We have a house of prayer. We have a prayer room. We have prayer sessions. And on a Wednesday night prayer session, Brett was leading worship. My son, our worship leader, was leading worship, and I was interceding. And as we were praying corporately, um, we began to wait upon the Lord to know how to pray. And as we were waiting, Brett sang a song, and the Holy Spirit lit that up to me that said, don't do anything tonight but wait. Don't do anything but pray into waiting. And can I tell you, From that moment on, I have been really hearing from the Lord about the advantages of waiting upon the Lord. Let's jump into this. That was a long introduction. I'm going to to talk about three verses this morning. I'm going to start in Psalm 40 and 1. And this is what Psalm 40 and 1 says. This is a Psalm of David, and this is David's 
word. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. We're going to just stop right there with that verse. If you wait patiently, the word from this psalm is that eventually the Lord will incline to us and hear our request, hear our cry, hear our praise, hear our worship, hear our repentance. But David said he waited patiently before that happened. That word is underlined in my Bible. It is a Hebrew word, waited patiently, translates to a word called kava. This is a Hebrew word, kava. The Hebrew word kava, waited patiently, means to lie in wait, expect, to look for patiently, to be confident, to trust in. That little word, kava, has many in-depth meanings. And I think it's important that we understand that David is saying, I waited patiently, trusting, expecting, lying in wait, and looking for the Lord to give me his ear. And when David waited expectantly, confidently, trusting, the Lord met, exceeded that expectation and inclined himself to David. Wow. That word kava does not say, I waited impatiently. I waited with my hand on my hip, tapping my foot, looking at my watch. Come on, Lord. I've got things to do. I'm giving you 15 minutes this morning, and I need you to speak. That is not how David waited. But many times in our microwave society, when people believe that spending time before the Lord and doing their due diligence so they can click off their list of things I have to do today, they give the Lord 15, 30 minutes, and they say, here I am before you. I've opened your word. I've read a little. Speak. And that is bossy. And that is impatient. And that is not waiting well upon the Lord. Let's look at another verse besides this verse in Psalm. There's a verse that we all know of, and this is, I I love this verse. I love the songs that are written of this verse, but let's really look at this verse this morning, and that's Isaiah 40 and 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Interestingly enough, if you look at the Hebrew translation of the verse Isaiah 40 and 31, the word wait for is exactly the same word that David used when it said waited patiently, and that word again is kava. It's the same word. If you have a Strong's Concordance, I'll give you a tip. It is H6960, the Hebrew word numbered 6960, Kava, spelled Q-U, or excuse me, Q-A-V-A-H, Kava. I want you to know this word because it is very different than the translation that we give it in the English culture. Kava is not waiting 
hardly wrestling, expecting this thing to come along hurriedly, but it's patiently waiting upon the Lord in confidence that he will come, in trust that he will speak, expecting that he will meet with us. That's a very different picture than what we often think of as waiting upon the Lord. In this verse, we see what happens when we wait patiently upon the Lord. Now, David said in Psalm 40 and 1 that when he waited patiently, expecting, trusting confidently, that the Lord inclined himself and heard his cry. Isn't that the point of prayer and intercession? We desire for the Lord to speak to us and to hear hear us. And that means we expect the Lord to incline himself toward us. That's our hope. But in this verse, the, um, excuse me, Isaiah, the prophet writes, here's what happens when you wait patiently, expectantly, confidently, and trusting the Lord, this will happen. You will gain new strength. Hallelujah. We are weak creatures. Hallelujah. We are base. We are low, and if we're not, we should be. Remember the prayer of John the Baptist. We are to decrease so that the Lord can increase in us. We better be low. But we don't have to stay weak because when the Lord comes after we've waited patiently for him, he gives us new strength. He doesn't reinstate strength we had before. He gives us new strength, his strength. I need his strength. Do you need his strength? I need his strength to even pray. I need his strength to get through moment by moment. I need him. I'm dependent upon him. If I need his strength, I better figure out how to get it. And wait, waiting is how. If I wait patiently upon the Lord, expectantly, confidently, trusting that he will come, I will gain his strength. I will also gain his perspective. That's what it says. They will mount up with wings like eagles. That's flying and soaring over the problem, flying and soaring over circumstances, flying and soaring over the world, the culture in which we're living in right now. We're gaining perspective if we're looking down on the situation. We can only gain that perspective when we wait upon the Lord. The Word says we are seated with him in heavenly places. How do we gain that perspective? How do we gain that posture? We wait. We wait upon the Lord. There are moments and preachers and evangelists that speak highly of the waiting and then comes the end suddenly. And I believe that. But if we're completely honest, we spend far more time waiting than we do living the end suddenlies. But the end suddenlies don't happen if we don't wait well. Not only can we say of the waiting that it's really waiting for the Lord to speak that we may obey or waiting for the Lord to move that we can see breakthrough, but it's also the rest, right? The rest. We've talked many times about the peace and the rest that we're to have at the feet of Jesus. This, this is the waiting. Sometimes we call the waiting the thing that needs to happen before we can make a critical decision in our life. And so as we look, there's one more verse I want us to talk about as we're talking about the waiting, and that is John 4, verse 
6, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 6, and this is Jesus. And this is what Jesus did. And um, a little background, they're going from Galilee, or he left Judea, and he's going into Galilee. And as he and the boys are leaving um, Judea and going into Galilee, they had to pass through Samaria, right? And so as they're passing through Samaria, um, he stops at Jacob's well, and it says this in verse 6, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, was setting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Jesus, the man, wearied. He grew weary. He got tired physically, emotionally. He wearied. And what did he do? He stopped and rested. He waited. If it's important for Jesus to honor what his body and his mind is saying, rest is necessary, I'm weary, It is absolutely critical for us to honor the same. Sometimes we are so caught up with busyness, which I believe is is honestly a distraction of the enemy. Busyness, busyness, busyness. How are you? I'm busy. What are you doing? I'm busy. I can't meet with you. I'm busy. And guess what? I'm super, super guilty of this. So maybe I'm just talking to myself this morning and you guys get a listen in, but let's be honest. Busyness distracts us from the waiting But Jesus honored the rest. He honored the waiting. He didn't push through. He could have. He could have just walked all day and all night. He could have pushed through. But he honored the the need for rest, the need for waiting. He honored the weariness that he felt, whether it was in his spirit, whether it was in his emotions, or whether it was in his body. He honored it by resting. Yet, in this moment, we know what happens. A woman comes to draw from the well, and Jesus took the opportunity to minister to her in his waiting. So there's the the last point that I would like to make this morning, is that not only are we called to wait well, and that we're called to wait in general, by kava, waiting expectantly, patiently, confidently, trusting, but that we're called to minister even in the waiting. We're not called to just shut out the world. We're called to still take every opportunity that the Lord brings before us. In fact, I would tell you, you will recognize those opportunities to minister on what the Holy Spirit is bringing to you even better with more discernment and wisdom because you're waiting well, because you're resting well. I say today that intercession is is the life of waiting upon the Lord, but the truth is being a Christian is the call of waiting upon the Lord, being a son of the living God, being a daughter of the living God. Your identity in Christ Jesus is called to be that which waits upon the Lord, whether you call yourself intercessor or not, but especially if you call yourself intercessor. The call to wait upon the Lord is for all of us, and we're called to wait well. We're called to rest. We're called to be at peace. We're called to not be distracted by busyness, to not be overrun by weariness, 
the intercessor is called to a life of waiting. And today we're talking about how to be better prayers, how to be better intercessors. And so it's important that we honor this call of waiting. And in this call of waiting, we are called to hear and rest. So, so it's more than just one thing that we're waiting for, right? It's out of obedience. It's out of desiring to hear accurately. Now, I want to tell you, and I want to be careful about this. I don't like to talk about negative things, but I want to give you example, an example of what can happen when we do not wait well. I know of people in ministry who say we're waiting to hear a word from the Lord, okay? And in that waiting, it gets hard. It gets hard. And, and by um, the, the person's own admission, it's difficult. And I understand I've been there myself. And in the hardness of the waiting, the propensity is to pick a word and go with that instead of truly to wait until the Lord inclines himself. I believe the Lord is always speaking, and I believe it's our job to quiet ourselves, to quiet the world, to quiet um, the busyness of life, to press in to hear what the Lord is always speaking. But I believe there are moments he does not tell us, but desires for us to wait and rest, pressing in, to give us a specific leading, to answer a specific ministry question or give us a decision on what the next step is you guys if we don't wait well while we recognize we're in the waiting and we pick a word and we go with something it can cause us years of disobedience and sometimes if i'm honest with you because of our life of 10 years of itinerant evangelism going from church to church all over the country i have seen some people in ministry who desperately desire to hear the lord's purpose for their life and the plan for their life but because they haven't waited well they're missing it and every decision they make they're moving farther away from that plan that's the sense i get prophetically as I talk with some of these folks in ministry, is they're wanting to know the plan and the purpose for their life, but instead of waiting upon the Lord for him to incline himself, instead of waiting expectantly, patiently, confidently trusting, they recognize they're in the waiting, they declare it's too hard, they wrestle a little bit, and then they pick something that's not his word, and they go with that thing, whether it's a word from themselves, a word from the enemy, or a word from another human. They're not waiting well. And they pick this thing, and they make a decision, and after a while, we can see it's the wrong decision. And so then they go back to waiting to figure out what to do. But now they're further away from the purpose and the plan, and they're not waiting well. They haven't learned to wait patiently, confidently, trusting, expecting. And they do the same thing again. And can I tell you, I've watched people move further and further away from that perfect path. Listen, I don't claim to know what the Lord is calling you to do. I personally believe that the Lord will tell you when you wait well.
upon the Lord. And for the same token, I don't expect that you're going to know what he's telling me. I think it's very personal. This is about the personal relationship. But I do know, and you do too, that the power of agreement and confirmation comes from one another. And sometimes we can see that people are not agreeing with the Holy Spirit because they haven't waited well. It's the fruit that shows. It's not a judgment. It's just an impression prophetically that I'm getting. And sometimes that causes people to walk away from their relationship altogether. And sometimes it just causes people to be lukewarm. And sometimes, and sometimes it just causes people to be utterly lost. You see, there's consequences for not waiting and waiting well. And that's it. Just as much as there's benefits to waiting well. And so as those who pray and intercede right now, especially in this time for the bride, for our churches, for our families, for individuals, whether they're lost or whether we're just trying to keep them from being that way, whatever it is the Lord has laid on your heart to pray and intercede for, we are called to wait upon the Lord. And so I want us to pray into this and I'm not one that decides that something may be slightly unpleasant to talk about, like endurance and perseverance and waiting, and then just avoid talking about it. I believe that we absolutely need to talk about everything the Lord lays on our heart, especially the difficult things. And I believe that we gain perseverance, and I believe that we gain endurance by waiting patiently upon the Lord, kava, kava, lying in wait expectantly, looking, looking for, patiently, confidently, trusting that he will incline himself toward us and that when he does that, we will gain new strength. We will gain perspective. We will gain endurance when we wait, when we rest, So, Jesus, I thank you for this call to prayer and intercession. I thank you for this call that's changed my life. I thank you that it's a call that you have on all your sons and daughters. You've called us to example. You, Jesus, and you are the chief intercessor. You are the mediator. You are that which we are to example. And if you are interceding, we should too. And, Lord, the call of the intercessor is a life of waiting both to hear and to rest, both to honor the weariness sometimes that happens and and both to hear our marching orders and how we are to pray. God, help us wait well. Lord, help us have the tenacity to wrestle when it's time to wrestle, but Lord, help us to have, dare I say it, the patience to kava when it's time to kava. And so I thank you for this word, God, that you've slowly been wiggling into my life, into my consciousness. And Lord, I thank you that this word is for me. However, I don't think it's just for me. And in this hour, as we want desperately to intercede well for the church, for the bride, as we want to intercede well for our houses of prayer, our, our local churches, as we want to intercede well for our family and all of the things that you call us to intercede for, we want to do it well with excellence. We want to be effective for your kingdom expansion, and we cannot be if we don't wait well. 
And so, Lord, will you help us pray into this? Help us grasp this, understand it, and be tenacious about doing it. We love you today, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Lord, I thank you for the fire and the motivation that you give us, Lord, that comes from your Holy Spirit, the pit of our belly that burns God, the overflowing, that we just cannot help, Father, but obey not because we're bound to the letter of the law, but because we love you so much. It's the expression that we give our love, obedience. And so, God, we thank you today that we will wait well. We will learn to wait well. We thank you today, God, that you're calling us to pray and intercede. And, Lord, I just want to pray today as we close that we would not grow weary in waiting, that we would, God, persevere, that we would wait well, that we would endure. When it gets hard to pray, God, I pray that we would persevere with tenacity to keep praying, God. Sometimes, Lord, we do well in our private prayer closet and we struggle with our corporate prayer, finding their reasons to cancel, finding their reasons to not meet, finding their reasons to not even start. But today I pray, God, that your spirit, the fire that you've set in our belly would overwhelm us with the urge to just simply obey, to keep praying. Father, I thank you when many gather to pray, but Lord, whether many gather or few, it matters not. That What matters is that we just keep praying, that we just keep waiting. And so, Lord, would you give us the tenacity to endure Lord, for myself, from the moments and the, and the months that we had many intercessors and we even had a schedule, Lord, to the days where it seems like I'm the only one over and over at our corporate prayer meetings praying, I will not give up. Father, thank you for the tenacity to just keep praying. But, Lord, you know my heart. Would you, would you raise up more intercessors, God? Would you raise up more houses of prayer? Would you raise up more yeah. people to see the vision of their churches to be a house of prayer? Would you raise up more people, God, to be obedient, to have prayer meetings where all we do is wait upon your voice and then obey to pray yeah. the direction in which you set forth? God, would you raise up more intercessors? I pray. And would you just give us, Lord, the encouragement that we need to be tenacious, God to be tenacious, to keep praying, to keep worshiping, to keep singing. Lord, I told you I would do it and I wouldn't stop. But Lord, sometimes I didn't anticipate doing it so long alone. But Lord, I know, I know that it's your call and it's your vision. So I can't stop. We can't stop. It's your heart for us, all of us. And we can't stop, especially now. As Darcy so beautifully prayed and pointed out, especially in these final days, hours, months, whatever it looks like, God, that we would just continue. And Father, I pray that we do it with a right heart, a right spirit, a right attitude, that we wouldn't be wrestling when we don't need to, that we wouldn't be grumbling when you absolutely call us not to, but that we would do it waiting well, patiently, expectantly, trusting confidently that you will incline yourself toward us we love you so much today Jesus and we thank you deeply for your incredible love for us Lord I thank you that in the waiting you don't call us to sit on our hands but you call us to do the work to work the works of the Father 
that even while we're waiting to take every opportunity that you set before us to minister, whether it's to lay a hand for healing, whether it's to call forth um, and cast out demons for deliverance, whether it's God um, to, to, to clothe the cold, to feed the hungry, to visit the infirmed and imprisoned, whatever the opportunity that you set before us, the waiting is no excuse not to do it. You ministered in the waiting and you certainly expect us to do the same. And so, Jesus, we bless your name today. We do. We bless your name. We thank you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.